Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, October 21st, 2021. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Broadway star's Jennifer McHugh. Hey, Jen. How are you? Good. How are you, Matt? Good, good. It's nice to have you back here on Today on Broadway. As I've been teasing for a little bit now, you are going to be uh, popping up on the Patreon feed here fairly regularly. You and I are going to be recording... I think like our first actual Some Like It Pop episode in like four years, I think, on Friday. So I'm very excited about that. We've done, you know, the Zoe's thing. You did a season two of Making a Musical, which we're actually going to talk about here in a little bit. Um, but we're going to do a real actual Some Like It Pop on Friday. And I'm really excited to finally do that again. Me too. I, I guess it just takes really good television for us to get back together to talk about it. Exactly. Really, really good uh, television that it kind of defies what else is on uh, either networks or streaming services at this time. But if you want to hear that episode, it is only going to be on Patreon. So head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio or broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. All right, Jen, um, I know that you and I could talk about TV for a long time, but we have actual real honest to goodness theatrical news to get into and we're going to start with another stumble out of the box for the public theater's new musical the visitor the show which was supposed to premiere in the spring of 2020 starring tony winners david hyde pierce and ariel Stachel, has had a number of delays this fall pushing back the first preview twice before it finally did actually make it to the public stage this past weekend as the cast and creative team attempted to rework the piece to appropriately deal with racial themes and depictions of immigrants that are central to the show. Well, on Thursday, on Wednesday, the public announced that Stachel had departed the production. In a tweeted statement, the theater said, quote, The public theater and Ariel Stachel have made a mutual decision that he will step away from the visitor and his role in the production. We are grateful for his artistry and participation over the past six years. We wish Ari well in his future endeavors. Now, the show originally was being written just by Tom Kitt and Brian Yorkie and directed by Daniel Sullivan. All three of those people are white men. Then recently, during the process in the past year or so, uh, Kwame Kwai Arma, who is a black man, joined the team to help craft the book. The Visitor uh, follows Walter, played by David Hyde Pierce, who is a white college professor who, during a trip to New York, encounters Tariq and Emerson immigrant from Syria, which was to be Stachel's role, and Zainab, who is an immigrant from Senegal, played by Ashley Deslereau. The show had finally had its first preview on Saturday, Jen, but Ariel did not go on. Instead, his understudy, uh, Ahmad Maksud, played Tariq. There was no official word about who would be playing the part moving forward, but I imagine that he will pick up the role from there. There are also some rumors floating around that at least one member of the creative team is departing the production and making some demands of his contribution that could make things complicated for them to do the show moving forward. Um, so, Jen, at this point, I think we can all kind of agree that we're well beyond the need for any type of white savior stories, especially in the theater, because we've got a lot of them. Um, but I just don't see how this show can be fixed. And in my opinion, I think the public would be best served in all ways, perhaps other than financially, to just pull the plug on this one and and move on, because this is not a good look for anybody. Boy, I mean, you're breaking this news to me, too. Um, is this based on a movie? Do you know? Because I it sounds vaguely it is. familiar. It is. Okay. It is. It is based on a 2007 um, film by Tom McCarthy 
also called the visitor. Yeah, I think I saw that movie. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I don't. I don't know how how many different ways does a story need to be told, whether it's the Green Book or Driving Miss Daisy or like it's been exhausted. And I don't think that this theater is doing anything to help the um, conversation. So I don't know. I, I I don't I don't see how it how it succeeds at this point. Yeah, I, I don't. I did not see the film, so I don't know the intricacies of that show. So I I, I don't know if there is a ton of ways to be able to modify this. But since the show is already in per, you know performances, I can't see them making any wholesale changes now. Um, you know, and for me, as I have very plainly said in the past, any show that has a kitten Yorkie score for me needs massive overhauls just because they're writing the score. Um, but I, you know, I I'm disappointed because we generally look to the public to be kind of the leader in telling stories that are nuanced and diverse and bringing topics to the forefront that aren't usually found either in theater or in just entertainment in general. And this is a show that has been, as their statement said, in their pipeline for six years. And they had a year and a half to kind of reevaluate this show while we were going through all of the Black Lives Matter protests and all of the racial reckonings that have gone on across the country and in theater. And they still couldn't do it, you know, in a way that made everybody comfortable. And I don't want to, Ariel has not said his specific reasons for leaving the show, so I don't want to make too many assumptions. But I think it's pretty safe to say that after they have openly said that they were delaying things to continue conversations about these topics, that they're probably connected. Um, And I'm just kind of disappointed in the public at this point, Jen, um, because they could have and absolutely should have made these changes long before it got to this point. It just feels like this is an emerging pattern where um, something happens and someone leaves the show and there are rumors, but no one will say anything. And then enough time goes by. And then the theater says, we, we strive to do better. And then the person comes out and says, okay, but here's what really happened. And then the theater, like, it's just this constant, how many times are we going to like hear this? Like just what happened and how can we fix it? Yeah. And the, the how do we fix it thing is the the portion that I don't think nearly as many theater companies or producers or anybody um, is really spending enough time dealing with. I know there are some that are, uh, but people were really in a hurry to get out statements uh, over the past year about what they were planning on doing and, and what they stood for. And the follow through and the backup of those statements has seemed to be fairly lacking since theater has returned earlier this year. All right, Jen, let's remind folks a little bit about what we do on Some Like It Pop. As I said, we'll be having an episode coming out in the next few days-ish. We're going to record it on Friday, probably go up over the weekend, uh, talking about a few TV shows. Do you want to tell them what the things we have on our rundown for this new episode actually are? Sure. Um, We're going to keep a little bit with the Broadway theme with a television show on Hulu called Only Murders in the Building. And if you've never heard of it, then we're not doing our jobs because it is chalk filled. Is that right? Chalk full of Broadway stars. Um, It stars Steve Martin, Martin Short and Selena Gomez, which sounds like a weird pairing, but it oddly works. And 
there are Broadway stars galore popping up all over the place. So we're going to talk about that because that just ended its run last night. And then we're going to talk about Ted Lasso, which I'm sure the talk on Ted Lasso has been exhausted. But um, we as theater people and sports people, there's not a lot of us that are are a cross section. Uh, Matt and I are maybe two of them. (laughs) But I think we should talk about how you don't have to love sports to love this show and um it's it's a workplace comedy at the end of the day and so we're going to talk about that and uh some of the the moments in the season that really moved us that uh that we were um talking about privately and then since it's uh, almost halloween we thought we would talk about some of our favorite scary and non-scary maybe halloween themed movies that we can recommend to people who either do like horror or don't like horror but like the season yeah absolutely and cover everything yeah that is perfect and we'll also wrap up the show as we always do with the show and tell which i don't have anything planned for yet but i will Uh, but i will say there is a theater connection in ted lasso because of course the great hannah waddingham is a multi-time olivier award nominee and she played the lady in the lake on broadway in spam a lot at one point so uh, love those theater connections and love anytime she sings on the show, which is always a highlight for me. Uh, Jen, let's get into the news. And unfortunately, we have another messy, complicated story to dive into. As earlier this week, Broadway actress Courtney Wolfson posted on social media about being let go from the Broadway bound production of Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion back in 2018. She had played Romy during the show's development and in the Seattle uh, Fifth Avenue Theater World premiere, but after that production, she and her husband, fellow Broadway alum Curtis Holbrook, decided that they wanted to expand their family. So Courtney reached out to the director to see about the timetable for future you know, productions and workshops and all that stuff, and uh, director Kristen Hange, who uh, famously directed uh, Rock of Ages, gave Courtney her blessing as there was nothing on the schedule for the show other than a workshop the next spring, which she could do, uh, in fact, if the, if she didn't uh, get pregnant and the timing worked out that there was an overlap. However, as that approached, Courtney was informed that she would not be asked to return for that workshop. And then ahead of a later L.A. workshop, um, after she had given birth to her son Ziggy, she was told that she could participate in that presentation, but that they would be moving on in a different direction for the role of Romy and trying to find a star to cast in the role. Now, Courtney does say in her posts that she does not know for sure if her pregnancy or even just her desire to get pregnant was a determining factor in her losing the gig, but she has had a ton of Broadway mothers reach out to her following her post, expressing similar um, circumstances that they have gone through. Now, for a story about the viral post in People Magazine, the Romy and Michelle producers said in a statement, quote, We've always been supportive of Courtney and her desire to have a family. There were no definitive plans for a production of Romy and Michelle to take place in 2018. The next time a reading for this production took place was in February 2020 in L.A., and Courtney was involved. It was also planned that Courtney would be involved in the reading that would take place in, in New York in March of 2020, which was canceled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Most recently, a production or a workshop of the production took place in New York where the casting was updated to bring more diversity to the production. We've always been appreciative of her involvement and wish her nothing but the best. Now, Jen Courtney has been very transparent in that People Magazine article saying that she doesn't know if her pregnancy had anything to do with the production moving in a different direction. But 
and this is me talking, it certainly does feel like this is another one of those patterns like we talked about with the public thing, where people can say the right thing, but the actions certainly don't always back it up. I mean, I worked in a corporate office for seven years, and it was known, do not get pregnant. And it was never written down, it was never said out loud, but just don't do it. Because legally, they can't say it, but it's known. So I'm that's in a corporate office. I can't imagine what it's like on a Broadway stage. So I wouldn't doubt her suspicions at all. And um, this is just some PR person saying, no, 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 that's not what it is. Um, it's it's really disappointing that this is something that we continue to have to deal with. Um, and and women are having to be forced to make a decision between, you know, living their lives and having a family and trying to keep jobs, especially in a uh, in, in an industry that is so hard to get and keep jobs. Um, the whole thing about uh, being a working actor is you never know when your next job is and then you finally get one and you have to be forced to choose between having a family and losing it. It's, it's really disappointing. Yeah. All right, so let's um, wrap up the news section, Jen, with a couple of real quick stories. First up, earlier this week, the Roundabout Theater Company announced that their upcoming Broadway uh, premiere of Alice Childress's iconic play Trouble in Mind will partner with R&B radio station 107.5 WBLS-FM to offer 300 discounted tickets, which is about 40% of the house um, for each and every preview performance. The tickets will be available for $9.57, which was the year that the play had originally been scheduled to open on Broadway. Um, there's also some other allowances that people that they are allowing people who have previously purchased um, preview tickets to um, get a reduction in price. All of that information is on the Roundabout website. Next up, yesterday, the Master Voices Concert Series announced their three-show season at Carnegie Hall, which includes a holiday tribute to essential workers called A Joyful Noise on December 6th, and the final show of the season in June will be actually outdoors, and it'll be called Summer Night, featuring Broadway's Shireen Pimentel. But the big news for theater fans is that on March 10th, the one and only Vanessa Williams will lead a semi-staged concert presentation of Stephen Sondheim and Arthur Lawrence's Anyone Can Whistle at Carnegie Hall. Tickets will go on sale on December 13th, and you best bet I already have a reminder set up ready to remind me to buy them. Next, after having to shut down for a bit thanks to a flood in a neighboring Apples and Bees, the costume exhibit Showstoppers has announced another and allegedly final extension to its time in Times Square, as they say they must absolutely close on December 5th. Of course, all proceeds from the exhibit go to benefit the Costume Industry Coalition, a group created to advocate for the survival of New York's custom costume industry. Now, Jen, as you might know, being a Loyal Today on Broadway listener that you are, I have been hoping and trying to manifest in secret an extension of this long enough for it to be open when I am in town. So I'm very excited that the theater gods have listened to me and I'll have an opportunity to check this very cool collection out when I head to New York next month in two and a half weeks, actually. Oh, yeah, this was all you. It was me. Nothing to do with anything else. Yeah. This was all about my communing with the spirits. That's the sports fan in you right there. See, I'm not a big jinx fan. I don't believe in jinxes. I'm not a person like that. I don't believe that sitting in the right seat has anything to do with what happens in a football stadium a thousand miles away. Although that being said, if we are losing at halftime, we will definitely be changing seats to make sure that I'm absolutely right. 
But finally in this section, earlier this week, we learned that the great Amber Amon and Nancy Opal will be joining Francois Batiste for the San Francisco run of the gazillion-time Tony-winning Old Vic production of A Christmas Carol. This, of course, is the sister production of the Bradley Whitford, Alex Newell, and Kate Burton production that will be down in your neck of the woods in Los Angeles, Jen. Do you have any plans to see it, or are you still avoiding crowds that large as much as possible? I'm taking it on a month-to-month basis. Um, I don't know what I'm waiting for. I just, I'm not there yet. However, as 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 award-worthy as of this production is, I I if I never see a Christmas Carol again in my life, I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. That anything about Peter Pan, anything about Alice in Wonderland, I, I don't need more of those. I, although I was very glad to be able to watch this Old Vic production via the streams that they did last Christmas. So I don't feel the need to see it. Although a cast of like Bradley, Alex and Kate or Francois. Uh, Amber and Nancy might get me into a theater, but it's not one that I feel like I have to see. I'll tell you what, you get Brett Goldstein up there as Ebenezer (laughs) Scrooge and I'll go see it. I mean, that kind of really fits with uh, with Roy Kent there. I really like that. But that's another tease for Ted Lasso. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, All right. Let's get into some feel good recommendations. I have two real quick and then I'm going to pitch it over to Jen, who says she would think of one by the end of the episode. There is a new article um, in The New York Times by Laura Collins Hughes. It is a profile of Sharon D. Clark, who, of course, is the Olivier Award winner for Caroline or Change, who is reprising the role on Broadway, The Roundabout Theater Company. That's a great read, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing that show. And then, earlier this week, um, over at the Ambassador Theater, the Broadway Company of Chicago had a Viva Broadway night in which much of the dialogue in the show was done in Spanish. Um, I actually heard that, despite the fact that Bianca Maraquin um, Anna Villafanye and Paolo Zott um, were obviously the show's leads right now, that it was actually the great Lilius White who did the most Spanish speaking on stage. That's what uh, I read on the Twitter. So that's fun. But there is a fantastic video on Playbill um, of Cheetah Rivera actually honoring Bianca Maraquin um, as part of Viva Broadway Night. So check that out in the show notes. All right, Jen. What do you got? I've given you enough time to vamp and figure something out. Do you have a feel-good recommendation for us? I do. Um, it's on this um, the streaming service Peacock. It is a free streaming service. I'm familiar. And I am going to recommend The Amber Ruffin Show, especially this past episode, because her co-host, her Ed McMahon, if you will, is none other than a gentleman named Tarek Davis, who happens to be one of the stars of Freestyle Love Supreme. Mm. And this past week, they did a little preview before their opening. Um, Tarek came out with a couple other members of Freestyle Love Supreme, and they did an improv rap with the audience. So that clip is available online and the show in general is just a lot of fun and um, she's hilarious and she loves to sing and dance. So for Broadway people, um, if you want to get a little bit of song and dance to ease the news that she's reporting, this is this is where you should go. I'm I always, always enjoy her show. Yeah, you've talked about that before. Um, So she is a writer on the Seth Meyers show, but this is her one once a week. Uh, late night show that she does. I think it's it, it's on Fridays, right? It's on Friday nights. Yes, um, they do it every Friday night on the Seth Meyers stage, but with a new set. And oh, okay. her and Tarek, it's a half an hour show, and they just 
it's it's like a variety show. Um, there's they just got an audience back two weeks ago, so they're finding their footing again because they did a year without. And then, uh, yeah, check out the Freestyle Love Supreme performance because it's it's really good. Awesome. I will throw that in the show notes. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt. Jen, where can people find you? I'm at Eponine Q on Twitter. Very good. And you can find both of us coming up this weekend at Patreon.com uh, slash Broadway Radio for our latest installment of Some Like It Pop. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Thursday, and we will be back to talk to you tomorrow.